IBA Talk, the Insurance Business America podcast. This episode is presented in partnership with Ironshore. 2020 has been a year of massive uncertainty and has led to new pressures and emerging risks that challenge the insurance industry. To discuss how the wholesale marketplace has risen to this challenge, we're joined by Matt Dolan, President of Ironshore North America Specialty, Ben Johnson, SVP Wholesale Distribution Executive with Liberty Mutual, and Neil Kessler, COO of CRC Group. As the three sit down with IBA to discuss key trends that have impacted the ENS space in 2020, and to look ahead to challenges and opportunities in 2021. Hello, welcome to IBA Talk, the Insurance Business America podcast. I'm Bethan Moorcraft, Deputy Editor at Insurance Business, and in this episode, we're going to take a deep dive into the wholesale insurance market in the United States. Going to be looking at how excess and surplus lines providers have fared so far through 2020, in particular at how they've dealt with the COVID 19 pandemic and other market drivers like catastrophic weather, social inflation, economic uncertainty, and the low interest rate environment. We'll also take a look at what's potentially on the cards for 2021, with current trends suggesting continued hardening of the market, driving more business from admitted to surplus lines. Alongside me, I have three wholesale insurance leaders. I have Matthew Dolan, President of Ironshore North America Specialty, Ben Johnson, Senior Vice President and Wholesale Distribution Executive at Liberty Mutual, and we also have Neil Kessler, Chief Operating Officer at CRC Group. Let's get started with uh, a macro outlook at the wholesale insurance market. I think it's fair to say 2020 has thrown up uh, some interesting challenges. Um, So what's your view on how the wholesale market has fared so far this year? Matt, perhaps we could start with you. Certainly, what we've seen is a is a trend, you know, from eighteen nineteen and into twenty, where uh, the ENS market continues to grow very, very significantly, and the vast majority, I think, probably more than ninety percent of the ENS premium is written through the wholesale channel. So, an expanding ENS market means an expanded role and relevance and importance for the wholesale brokerage. And I think what we see in the context of COVID is that it has served to accelerate and amplify some of those trends and I think meaningfully uh, play into some of the particular, uh, particular advantages or function of the ENS and wholesale channel, which or which deals with emergent risk, uh, significant challenges in placing coverage, a market that is disrupted and uncertain. Uh, that was true before COVID. COVID has amplified those characteristics and as such made, uh, made the importance and relevance of the, of the wholesale channel, I think, particularly more important. It's certainly a reason why we stay terrifically engaged and hyper-focused into that market because obviously we're in the solution business. We're trying to navigate uh, through these issues and we see the wholesale channel as a very meaningful access point to partner with to enable that kind of capability. Interesting. Neil, how have you seen the market from your perspective um, as a broker at CRC? Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more with what Matt said. You know, when it, when it comes to the marketplace these days, I think, you know, COVID has only served to amplify what was happening before. 
you know, we were seeing certain lines harden and become much more difficult for us to place on behalf of our retail clients. And that trend, frankly, has not abated. We've continued to see difficult uh, conditions in the excess liability market, the D&O market, uh, the property market, and we're starting to see spillover into other lines as well. I mean, I think there are a lot of drivers for those, but it's definitely playing out uh, in the ENS and wholesale market in a significant way. Mm. Well, I've I've noticed. I mean, I, I've been going to the WSIA meetings over the past few years, and the atmosphere is always extremely positive. It seems to be like a lot of new business flowing into the ENS space at the moment. And um, why are ENS providers, why are wholesale insurance brokers, why are they so well placed at the moment? Um, Matt, I think you mentioned sort of the, the innovative nature of the market. Why are these providers so well placed to to? create solutions and be in the right spot when the market's sort of going through these challenging conditions? Yeah, I mean, I'll chime in yeah. and have, uh, have Ben uh, echo uh, or, or chime in as well. I think, you know, what the ENS market does really very well is it creates bespoke or customized solutions. It looks to partner with the carrier community to figure out coverage solutions for uh, emerging risk issues when, when at a time when the standard market is perhaps pulling back, perhaps being a little bit more restrictive around their coverage, needing to reform rate and, and policy language. And when that happens, we obviously see a migration into the ENS market and into the, into the wholesale space. And in part, the, and then in turn, the wholesale brokers looks to uh, broker uh, looks to carrier partners who are focused on on the wholesale channel to partner with them to be able to sort through some of those issues, to be able to deal with, understand, and address emergent or challenging risk issues that the standard market is pushing back from, and to be able to do it in an expeditious way speed of rate, speed of form, speed of coverage that is particularly responsive to some of the issues that the standard market is wrestling with. So I really think it's, it's a combination of, of the larger market issue, it's a reaction of the standard market, it's a requirement uh, of the uh, wholesale brokerage channel and the attendant carrier community to think about uh, issues and problems with speed and flexibility and customized coverage. I, I also think, Matt, that, that um, you know, w- one of the things that, that has really helped uh, the surplus lines industry this time around in, in, a, in, a, term of, in a time of distress is the, uh, the sophistication and the uh, leaps and bounds of the usage of data that the wholesale brokerage uh, industry has when you compare uh, operating in this hard market versus potentially operating in, in other hard markets, say, after 9-11 or after, after Katrina. I, I think that the brokerage community uh, and, and firms such as CRC have really um, helped the underwriting community uh, uh, gain and really understand risk uh, better via 
via the amount of data and the and the ways they use that data than they have in the past. Yeah, I I, I couldn't agree more, Brandon, and I'd love to hear Neil's perspective on this, this idea that uh, wholesalers, as you mentioned, like CRC, have become much more sophisticated in their use of data. They understand, you know, what markets can do what, uh, what markets are particularly responsive to which issues, to what challenges, and as such, I think they're able to offer that kind of value to their to their retail customers. They're able to provide insight and sort of a mapping capability that says, for these kinds of risks, I have relationships and understanding and data that supports that these kinds of markets will be particularly responsive. And I think in, t in, in turn, they're also able to say to, uh, to the market that they work with that we uh, understand and we have the, you know, we, we see the, the market from this perspective. This is sort of how risk looks to distribute. This is what your book in particular looks like across our channel. Uh, so it just informs in a very meaningful way the transaction. It provides a, a pretty legitimate and insightful background for how how business is, is transacted. That's, that's substantially advanced over the last, you know, five or ten years, I think. Yeah, I'd agree with that. You know, um, I, I think, you know, us and, and others in the wholesale market, uh, our stock and trade is, is knowing kind of what, what markets will write what where and, and getting those difficult deals done. And, you know, at CRC, for example, we have, you know, 600-plus brokers and underwriters that are doing that every day, and we do supplement their knowledge with kind of data and analytics across our $10 billion-plus portfolio that really allows them to, you know, they know what they know, and they're experts in their space, but the data and analytics really allows them to, have that extra advantage in, in the market and, and, and they can go in and kind of see, you know, what markets are competitive where and who's doing what for whom across the CRC group. And, and I'd argue that, that carriers have gotten a lot more sophisticated in their use of data and analytics as well. You know, historically, um, you, you know, Matt, Ben, you, you guys might have gotten out of things get tougher. You might, you might get out of whole classes or, or make board uh policies around terms conditions and pricing and i think today you know carriers are much more laser focused you're not saying you know we are seeing a lot of lines increase but there are still soft spots in the market where things are competitive and i think that has a lot to do with uh carriers better understanding data and analytics as well if you guys would agree with that yeah i i do neil it's a good point i think that that uh, the carrier community certainly something we've worked on and within NAS and within Liberty is to be able to sub-segment our portfolio to allow us to drill in and offer specific solutions to certain sub-segments of a class of business that we think then are consistent to doing two things. The first obviously being responsive to the risk transfer needs of the, of the wholesale broker or the retailer and ultimately the customer importantly for us to be able to customize coverage in a way that we think is responsive but also addresses risk in a in a responsive and and responsible way that allows us to stabilize costs while believing that we've addressed some of the issues that have created some of the pain in the in the carrier community and and the effect of that obviously and Neil alluded to it is it allows you to be a, a little less broad based and 
uh, a little more flexible and responsive in how you think about risk and emergent risk issues. You don't necessarily just have to declare a class as uh, out of appetite. You can look into that class, diagnose the issues, address it with either rate or structure or coverage or some other variation on the theme. That's the benefit of, of data and analytics is it does allow for a more exacting approach when you couple the carrier's ability to do that with the wholesale broker's ability to do that and think about which markets are able to do that. It enhances the value of the transaction across the board. It enhances our value to the wholesaler because they are appreciative of the fact that we can drill in, figure out a solution. It uh, uh, enhances the wholesaler's appeal to the retailer because the wholesaler knows what markets are able to do that effectively and have a track record of doing it based on their own data. And obviously, it passes back a response to the solution to the retailer and ultimately the customer. So dealing with a really disruptive environment where there are a lot of existing and emergent risk issues with the benefit of that kind of analysis the information that is provided from that kind of uh, uh, analytics is, is really, I think, you know, fundamentally important and forward-looking. This is where I think this is this is indicative of an effective functional market. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and it creates uh, a pretty exciting roadmap, I would say, for the future of the ENS and the wholesale market, um, especially as. You know, we just get more data literate um, and better at sharing information. Um, before we sort of take that that look forwards, um, that's something I, I would like to do later in this discussion. But, you know, Matt, you've just mentioned uh, there are some disruptive uh, current and emerging risks, um, a few issues perhaps that have created some pain for the carrier community. Um, I wonder if you could expand on, on that um, in terms of, you know, what is actually driving more business into the ENS market? What's creating some of the some of the challenges, um, and how are you sort of handling that uh, at Liberty Mutual? Yeah, I mean there there are so many, right? This is a is a really really difficult operating environment for all the participants, certainly for carriers and for brokers and insurers who are trying to manage their own risk. Yeah, obviously. If you look back, you know, the last 10 to 12 years, we've gone through a protracted soft market where there was ample capacity, pretty broad and accessible coverage terms and conditions, and obviously uh, a lot of downward pressure on rate. And then ultimately what you saw against that backdrop is some portfolios certainly under rate pressure and then some risk issues began to really crystallize and emerge that that exposed that that rate inadequacy things like social inflation and a substantial uptick in that jury verdicts right what we call uh nuclear verdict creating upward pull on the uh on the kinds of verdicts and the kinds of settlements that the carrier community was experiencing. We saw obviously a, a, a couple, three, four seasons of massively disrupted weather patterns, which has put tremendous pressure on, on the, the property product and space, whether they be hurricanes or Midwest storms or 
wildfire, wildfire or other variations on the theme that's, that's come at a, at a level of frequency and severity that has been, uh, you know, very, very significant over the last couple of years. We've seen activist litigation, we've seen reviver statutes, all things that another, we've seen event-driven litigation in the uh, DNO space. We've seen frequency and class action and security classes, uh, security uh, suits in, in the DNO space. All of these things have served to, to put meaningful pressure on the risk portfolios of, of the carrier community and as a result, what you do is you look to sort through or navigate those things through and you try to do it with speed and haste while still being responsive to uh, the risk transfer needs of insured. But you need to do that through a combination of creativity and customization and coverage and structure, uh, terms and conditions and the like. ENS marketplace. And, and the wholesalers who are very active in the ENS marketplace allow allow the the uh, a certain kind of speed and responsiveness to attach to uh, the emergence of these kinds of issues, and they allow it to do it with a greater level of pace than would happen typically in a commercial marketplace. So it's really that that unique combination of rapidly emerging issues that are exposing a thin or non-existent risk margin in the carrier community that require very specific and, and, and rapid risk transfer responses. That, that is really very much the purview. That is the, that is the fundamental advantage of the ENS marketplace is that it allows you to deal with issues with, with speed and customization. And Neil, just sort of adding on from that, um, from a CRC perspective, some of these trends, some of these uh, challenges that uh, Matt just mentioned, um, how has that impacted you for in terms of sort of the broker, the broker, the broker outlook, uh, and sort of dealing with with retail agents? Yeah, well, we're seeing more submission flow than ever at uh, at CRC Group, and I know that a number of our peers have reported the same thing publicly. Um, you know, now more than ever, I think a strong relationship with the wholesale broker is critical when um, firms on the retail side of of any size, frankly, are are uh, going to market. So, you know, we've really seen uh, increased need for our services, which which we appreciate, and we're here here to support. Our retailers through all of that. I, I know we've been working on some pretty creative solutions, um, specifically w- with Liberty um, and Ironshore. There, um, Ben, maybe you wanted to mention a couple of those. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we've uh, we've partnered in a number of different ways. You know, we, we've written that that range from uh, where where other uh, carriers have been running away from the COVID situation. We've partnered with CRC on several deals. Uh, that are are specifically designed to ensure uh, exposure to COVID. Uh, we've we've partnered with uh, uh, CRC on writing <clears throat> extremely difficult EPLI risks for the retail industry. Uh, we're, we're material partner with them in the excess liability space, in the shared and layered property space, in the uh, earthquake uh, space, in the wind in the wind and deductible buy down space. All, all all sort of areas uh, 
in the market that are are kind of at the heart of uh, you know of the challenges that that Matt was um, reflecting on earlier, um, and and frankly, this is just a, an area as you look forward that that we see more and more business being kicked into the into the wholesale market, and and the majority of that story is uh, the description of tsunami of of challenges that Matt described. Uh, the other uh, part of the pie that I, I think is sometimes um, underestimated is the role of private equity uh, in the retail marketplace uh, and the the rolling up of, of retail um, agencies and that has as a, as a result uh, even enhanced the role of the wholesale uh, broker and the partnership uh, that they have because frankly what we're seeing is that retail agencies uh, have uh, access to to much greater uh, partnership and buying power than they had before um, as independents. Um, But but I know that's a little bit of a a transitional statement there, um, but the creativity within within the wholesale marketplace has been amazing. Okay, brilliant. Yeah, and the folks at Liberty have really done a, a great job. Ironshore, they, they've just mm-hmm. done a phenomenal job in helping us out mm-hmm. in so many difficult spots. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, like a lot of our, our partners, um, you know, it, it's been it's been great to see the industry respond um, in this time, mm-hmm. of, uh, time of need. Well, that's the thing. I mean, everyone sort of think about the ENS market. It's about innovation, coming up with solutions, as you've just, you know, spoken about partnerships. Um, so there's, you know, it, it is an exciting market and there's lots sort of to come uh, on the horizon as well. Um, perhaps we could sort of finish this discussion by taking a look forward. Um, I know we do not have crystal balls uh, and also we don't know what's going to happen with COVID, but if we can just kind of think about 2021, perhaps beyond that, 2022, um, what is on the horizon for the ENS marketplace? Uh, do you expect these sort of trends that we've discussed to continue in terms of more business coming into the marketplace, um, more technology, all that sort of thing? What are your thoughts on the near-term future? Yeah, so I'll, I'll jump in. Again, it, it is obviously... Uh, a little bit of a difficult question to to look ahead, but that's a big part of what we try to do is we try to get an assessment of of, of what the the intermediate and, and, and further term outlook is for for the for the risk uh, environment for our insureds and that our brokers are looking to deal with. I think in if we had to use one word for uh, 2021 that is informing the way we think about it, it is extreme uncertainty. And that uncertainty is driven by a few things. Obviously, the uncertainty about the, uh, the longevity, the duration, and the continued impact of, of COVID-19 and the prospect of a vaccine or, or not, and just what and how that will continue to be a very significant and disruptive force. The second is related to the first, which is the economy, both in the U.S. and across the globe, right? We had COVID-19 that started as a healthcare crisis that has emerged into a full-scale world economic crisis. 
and that has major impact and and implication to how businesses are are operating the choices that they need to make how they ultimately are looking to survive in a challenging environment how they're managing their risk and how the risk is is morphing and changing in the face of these kinds of pressures and and these kinds of changes so you have covid you have the knock-on effect of on the economy and the recessionary impact and the implication that has to uh to uh, buyers of of insurance, managers of of risk within within those businesses, within those organizations. I think, in a sort of macro scale, it's it's reminded the industry again of a lesson that we learn and then we forget and then we learn again, which is the you know the idea of emergent risk. We do a pretty good job of understanding risk that we've experienced in the past that we've diagnosed the causes of. We feel you know, reasonably certain that we have products that are responsive to those. But we forget that things come together oftentimes in unprecedented ways to create new kinds of risk or new risk simply emerges and its impact given an increased level of connectivity within the U.S. and across the globe has far farther reaching impact and implication than historically it has. So I think these are the things that that we think about and and uh, try to assess as we look out into 2021 and 22. So the word is uncertainty. The, the response is to continue to try to understand and assess and navigate and importantly to lean into that to try to be able to provide responsive risk solutions for for buyers and brokers who are looking to solve the really profound the inevitable and profound problems that that fall out of an increasingly uncertain uh, operating environment hmm. yeah and and ben um sort of same same question to you really maybe from a, a distribution standpoint um, what's your strategy going to be, you know, in 2021, sort of moving forwards for, from that perspective? Well, I, I think from the surplus lines uh, perspective, I, I think one, you know, Neil's comment of more submissions ever uh, going into the wholesale market, I, I think that's a trend that uh, continues. And, and frankly, this environment throws lighter fluid on both um from the risk and uh, from three parts, the risk uh, issues that Matt mentioned to the the acquisition strategies on in terms of how retailers operate, and three, the quality and the uh, execution of, of partnership that the major wholesale brokers uh, have produced for those retailers. So, <clears throat> for our perspective, it's a hyper level of focus uh, on the wholesale marketplace. Uh, Ironshore overall and Liberty Mutual has done much in the last 18 months in terms of focusing our organization and designing our organization to grow uh, with that marketplace in terms of dedicated underwrite, dedicated underwriting, dedicated product, uh, and and really focusing um, our uh, our stream of commerce towards the wholesale market and and we uh, frankly anticipate that to continue uh, with uh, uh, an even increased warp speed type strategic attitude towards it. Yeah, 
Brilliant. Thank you. And, and Neil, we'll just we'll just close uh, with you. What what are you seeing? What's on it on the horizon for you at CRC? <coughs> Yeah, well, I, I couldn't agree more. I think the world is a more risky place than it was last year at this time in a lot of ways. And, um, you know, the, I think the market is responding, and, and we're here to help our retailers and their clients through all of that with great partners like Ironshore. From a CRC group perspective, for us, it's more of the same. We're going to be focused on giving our, our brokers and underwriters the best tools that we can around data and analytics and access to the data that, that we, we collect. You know, we, we think that there's really no part of our process that can't be approved without, you know, by accessing data-driven insights in the workflow. And, and we're going to keep doing that, and we're going to keep expanding and being sure that, you know, we have the right brokers and underwriters and the right products spread out across the right geographies to, to serve our retail clients. So, um, you know, we're, we're here to help. Brilliant. Excellent. Well, thank you. Thank you, all three of you. I'm going to pause it there. Uh, plenty more that we could discuss, but um, lots of key takeaways for our, for our listeners there. So thank you very much, Matt, Ben and Neil, for your time today. Thank you also to our listeners. Uh, this was IBA Talk, the Insurance Business America podcast. I'm Beth Moorcraft, Deputy at Insurance Business, and make sure to tune in next time. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for listening to this episode of IBA Talk. For more insurance solutions, visit ironshore.com. That's ironshore.com for more. Follow us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts for the latest episodes.